You may know him. He used to work here at WIP. Tim Kelly. What's up, Tim? What's up, John? Honestly, three hours and 35 minutes is a short game for the 2021 <laughs> Phillies. I know, I know. I shouldn't even have phrased it that way. Uh, Tim, uh, let, let's get right into it. Uh, Phillies won tonight. I'm not all happy and excited about it. However, the one positive to come out of this game, other than the fact that they won, Vince Velasquez. Tim, this might have been, outside of that combined no-hitter that he was part of, which feels like a, a quarter century ago now, this might have been the best Vince Velasquez we've seen. I think this year, by and large, he's been a pretty solid back end of the rotation guy. He's never developed into the piece you maybe thought you were getting from the Ken Giles trade and when he had that 16-strikeout performance. But all things considered, for the back end of the rotation, he's been pretty good. He's going to be a free agent after this season, and I would guess if the Phillies are willing to sell in any form, there'll probably be some interest from contending teams in the next few weeks. Hmm. Well, uh, Tim, let me go to now the bullpen for tonight's game. And it was uh, Connor Brogdon followed by Jose Alvarado. Brogdon walks two guys, two outs. They bring in Alvarado, who ultimately surrenders a two-run homer in the ninth. Uh, but they end up eking out the win. Uh, Tim, I, I I know you you know, you've know loved the sport your entire life, and you've covered it professionally for a couple years now. I have never, ever seen a bullpen this horrid on a regular basis. Is there anything that you have seen in any other franchise you could say, well, you know what, maybe they're not as bad as X team, or is this the worst you've ever seen? This is the worst you've ever seen, and I, I think for the first <laughs> month or so, month and a half of the season, this was a team that like they were probably a bottom half of the league bullpen, but in the last two or three weeks, they've reverted into 2020, and I, I think we always said oh, there's no way if the 2020 season was 162 games that that bullpen would have continued to be that bad. And, I mean, it's not a lot of the same guys from last year, but you're kind of seeing what it looks like over an 162-game season. I mean, I'm looking at it at the seventh inning, and I'm like, if you're not up by seven or eight runs, <laughs> it's really not a safe game right now. I, it, Tim, it's the worst. When they're up four to nothing in the eighth and Connor Brogdon puts one guy on, everybody panics. But and, and, and you know, if, if someone landed from space, they'd be like, what are you what are you panicking about? They're up four to nothing. That's like, have you watched the Phillies? There's nothing safe about them. But in the, in the same vein as pitching. I need to go to uh, to Joe Girardi uh, with this now because I, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether he's relying too much on analytics or at times throwing that out the window and trying to go with his gut, but it seems like every de- almost every decision he has made as it pertains to when to pull a starter or when you know what bullpen guy to use, Tim, it seems like it's been the wrong choice you know, half the time. Yeah, and I would agree with that assessment. But the biggest thing I keep coming back to is if you've had these two bullpens back-to-back, I'm not sure what you're supposed to do. Now, that doesn't mean we can't critique Joe Girardi and different decisions he's made. But these problems go back to when Gabe Kapler was the manager, when Pete McCannon was the manager. There's a reason you've had four or five or six managers in the last 10 years is because you've had these consistent problems and what it comes down to is not being able to develop from within. And the bullpen is a symptom of that. I mean, I, I was thinking about this earlier. Matt Clintock said, I think, in the 2018 offseason, they needed to start having more of a focus on building a defensive roster. And you have probably the worst de- defensive team in the league this season. So, 
I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's not a good situation. It's not. Um, let me let me continue with the manager now. Do you think um, accountability or lack thereof is an issue with this team in particular? I think, and this is just a guess on my part, but I think the issue is that you have pretty much an entire team of free agents in trade, and it gives you kind of like a mercenary type feel where a lot of these guys didn't come up together. They don't have a real connection to the Phillies Mm. any more than the two or three teams they've played for prior to this. So uh, I think that's part of it. And it's just, it's been, there's so few guys on this team, even well-meaning guys that have won. So uh, I think it has more to do with that than anything. Uh, As it pertains to a couple of guys on this roster, the one who uh, putting aside his off the field issue, which is heinous and wrong, uh, and many don't want him playing on this team as a result, which I can completely understand. Odubel Herrera, who didn't start tonight but ended up coming through with a, uh, a big hit, which knocked in a run, and he later scored on a wild pitch. And so you could make the case that he is one of the reasons they won. So you certainly make the case he's one of the reasons they won the game. However, Odubel Herrera you know, kind of goes to the beat of his own drummer. Uh, and it was just yesterday where he's you know, not paying attention and should have scored but didn't. Can you win with a player like that? I think you can win with a player like that if you have a a team around them that doesn't make mental mistakes. And I I don't think that you've ever really had that during his time here. I I think the biggest thing, like you said, on the field with Odubel Herrera is you just have to know he is what he is. When he's hot, he can carry your team for a month. When he's not, he can be the worst player on the 26-man roster. And it it just kind of is what it is. It's fine if you have a bunch of other guys producing – but you got into a situation where he was becoming the spark. There were a few weeks he had that great catch in Miami. He was hitting. He was leading off. And he was maybe your best offensive producer for a few weeks. But you have to know around the corner, the bottom's going to fall out. And then next month, he'll probably hit 400. Mm. It is what it is with Odubel Herrera. I think you have enough of a sample size now to know what he is as a player. Tim Kelly covers the Phillies for Odyssey Sports and Phillies Nation. Nice enough to join us tonight. Tim who is Reese Hoskins? I think Reese Hoskins is a really good DH. Um, and I, I don't say that disrespectfully. Um, to me, he is one of the people that is really, if the Phillies have a captain, it's Reese Hoskins. Like He's always accountable, always willing to come out. Um, I, I appreciate that. And I think you need to have that on a team. Um, but as much as he, it's not for a lack of effort. It wasn't in left field. It's not at first base. He, he's just not a good fielder at the major league level. And the problem with him offensively is he's streaky, which is fine. But you look around at the rest of the team, Herrera streaky, Bryce Harper to a degree is streaky. You've had a bunch of injuries. It's difficult to have a guy like Reese Hoskins carry you for two weeks and then go into an over 33 stretch. It, it makes it difficult. I think, to sustain success throughout your lineup. So whether it's with the Phillies or someone else, Reese Hoskins certainly has a place in the league, and he'll be here for a long time. He's a good dude. Um, but he isn't perfect as a player either. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm still having a hard time, and I agree with everything that you said. I mean, he's always been a straightforward guy. Uh, prior to the pandemic, when you go in the clubhouse, win or loss, he was there to answer questions. So he would always face the music. But what he had to say uh, this past uh, over the weekend uh, when they lost, and he said, you know, guys write about the good things too. That really uh, caught me by surprise, and it, it 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 
it almost made me scared to the fact that, you know, is that like the mindset in the clubhouse right now that it's like participation trophy, everything will be okay? How did you, you know, react to his comments? I think it, it was less so that, it, and it was more of, hey, a lot of these guys, Zach Eflin, McMahon, they both had really good games that day. Kind of give them their due where where it's at. But you're right. In the middle of a stretch like that, when you've had back-to-back days where you make inexcusable errors at first base at the major league level, it's just it's not the time to have that discussion. So, you know, I, I think if someone else had said it, it, it would have came off a lot worse. I think from Reese as someone that is accountable, and he did say that I have to make those plays, you, you kind of let it go, I think, in a lot of senses. I understand why people would be upset with it, but I don't think that it's indicative of anything major. All right, now uh, just a few more questions there, Tim. Bryce Harper, who went over three tonight, he's batting two sixty-five. He, I, I don't want to say he looks lost at the plate, but I don't know what's going on with him. Tim, can you fill us in on what you're seeing? I think he's been good this year, but not great. And I, I certainly are good by his standards, and not great by his standards, I should say. Um, I, I would say in a lot of senses he probably has to have some concern about the back thing. I think the Phillies have to have that That in year three of a 13-year deal. That's seemingly an issue you're going to have to manage for the rest of his career, and that's unfortunate. So it, it's probably just the lack of consistent at-bats he's had this season in and out of the lineup overall. I, I think Bryce Harper, when he's in the lineup, has still been a very productive player. But you haven't gotten – I think – when Bryce Harper came here, you thought he would be having stretches in the first half of this deal like Kyle Schwarber's having for the Nationals now, and, and that hasn't happened. He was very good the first year, very good when he was healthy last year, and he's been solid this year, but he hasn't been an MVP caliber player here. Hmm. Final question I have for you, Tim. As someone who is now spending 8 to 10 hours every single night at Citizens Bank Park, um, so you've had plenty of time to think about this and what you're watching so far this season. Now, we don't know exactly what Dave Dombrowski's going to do come uh, the end of July, but, Tim, in your opinion, uh, what is the best way to correct this team? I wish I had a good answer for that, to tell you the truth. I mean, it, it may be that the best way is to do a full rebuild, but I don't think that's in the cards uh, I, I think it's kind of to do what you did in 2012 when they didn't trade Audley Howard or Rons, but they traded Hunter Pence, they traded Shane Victorino. Do those type of lesser trades. You're not trading Zach Wheeler. You're not trading Bryce Harper or JT Realmuto, but maybe you move Gene Segura. And th- there just has to be a greater emphasis moving forward on defense with this team. The bullpen, of course, you have to figure out, but you have to find a way to balance putting together a good lineup with not putting together a lineup that includes four people that could realistically be DHs. It, it just has to be a bigger focus moving forward. I couldn't agree more. Tim Kelly, Odyssey Sports, Phillies Nation. For the latest Phillies news, links to all his stories, you should be following him on Twitter. If you don't, shame on you. It's at Tim Kelly Sports. Tim, thanks, man. I appreciate it.